Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. Genesis chapter 29, Genesis chapter 29 says, Then Jacob hurried on, finally arriving in the land of the east. He saw a well in the distance. Three flocks of sheep and goats lay in an open field beside it, waiting to be watered. Somebody say, waiting Waiting. to be watered. But a heavy stone covered the mouth of the well. It was the custom there, somebody say custom, there to wait for the flocks to arrive before removing the stone and watering the animals. Afterward, the stone would be placed back over the mouth of the well. Jacob went over to the shepherds and asked, Where are you from, my friends? We are from Haran, they answered. Do you know a man there named Laban, the grandson of Nahor, he asked. Yes, we do, they replied. Is he doing well, Jacob asked. Well, yes, he's well, they answered. Look, here comes his daughter Rachel with the flock now. Jacob said, Look, it's still broad daylight. Too early to round up all the animals. Why don't you water the sheep and the goats so they can get back out to the pasture? Verse 8 says, we can't water the animals until all the flocks have arrived, they replied. Then the shepherds moved the stone from the mouth of the well and we water all the sheep and goats. Jacob was still talking with them when Rachel arrived with her father's flock because she was a shepherd. And because Rachel was his cousin, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and because the sheep and goats belonged to his uncle Laban, Jacob went over to the well and moved the stone from its mouth, and he watered his uncle's flock. Verse 11, then Jacob kissed Rachel, and he wept out loud. Father God, we just thank you right now for this incredible day. Incredible day of worship, an incredible day of beginning to declare that this is how we fight our battles and declaring that we will sing a hallelujah. An incredible time of learning of your faithfulness and your healing power and and thinking back of what you've done so wonderful as we've taken communion and then being encouraged with our generosity and our giving and and thanking God that there came a point where (laughs) Moses had to say, stop giving because the people got so behind it. And now, God, we thank you for this opportunity to get into your word. God, I pray you would tailor make this message for every single person here, whether they go to uni or whether they've been married for 40 years, whether they're retired, whether they're a single mom, God, I pray you would tailor make this message so that all of us would leave this place different than how we came in. God, we thank you that it's your word that increases our faith. It's your word that renews our mind. It's your word, as the psalmist said, that if we can put it in our heart, it'll keep us from sinning against you. We pray you would illuminate your word to us this morning. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Come on, somebody say amen. Uh, A true story, and maybe I'll share a little bit more about it tonight, but I, my biological parents, uh, did drugs when they uh, were pregnant with me. In fact, when I was born, I went through heroin withdrawals, and uh, one of the side effects of that was that I am now 100% completely deaf in my left ear. And uh, most people don't know it, but it comes awkward sometimes when I'm like in the 
front row of church and, and Mark leans over and wants to ask me something about church and uh, he's talking in this ear and I can't hear him so then I've, I've got to kind of go like this to hear him and it looks like I'm trying to kiss him and he's like what are you trying to do crazy American it's just awkward and uh, but um, uh, I um, went to bridal school I mean Bible school uh, back uh, many years ago and um, there was a girl there named Rachel Smith and she was engaged to somebody else and I was in a class with her and I guess she was on this side of me and she talked to me like hey Israel I mean I don't know what she said hey good looking I mean I don't I'm just wondering what she said but I didn't hear her at all and so you know she just stayed engaged to this scrub and was going to get married but about uh, four or five months later um, I was in a Old Testament survey class with her and this time I was uh, she was on my good side right the the side that I could hear so that I was like hey how you doing and uh, uh, needless to say I, I, I actually we were in the Old Testament survey class and we were going through the life of Jacob and I um, don't hate don't don't uh, judge me uh, but I grabbed my Bible and I underlined this verse that we read about that says that Jacob kissed Rachel and uh, and I circled Jacob and then put you know his name was changed to Israel and uh, I, I, I scooted it over and handed the Bible over to Rachel that was there and needless to say uh, uh, she did not get married to the other scrub and 21 years later come on that was the best church pickup line of all times don't 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 hate because it worked right right there and uh, which was I thought it was a lot better than like if I, I circled that that Israel kissed Rachel then it would have been like to go around her seven times like Jericho right because that would have been awkward uh, but anyhow I, I love this passage of scripture uh, because it it brings much joy to me now married 21 years but I also like this story because it's a story uh, that if I was going to title this morning message it's a story of lids being removed and barriers being removed and I believe at all times in our Christian faith there are these moments where it seems like there's some lids and some barriers maybe it's a financial lid maybe it's a barrier when it comes to a relationship maybe it's a healing that you're believing for but it just seems to be like you can sense it you can feel it but there is a lid or a barrier uh, growing Rachel and I uh, just recently a few years ago planted a church we moved from North Carolina to Los Angeles and as we started it seemed like every little while there was just this barrier there was the barrier of getting a venue there was the barrier of trying to break over a hundred then there was the barrier of trying to break over 200 then the barrier of trying to break over 300 the barrier of going to multiple services it seems like every once in a while in our life there are some barriers how many of you have ever faced some barriers in your life two people that's it we should just go home come on Anybody ever face some barriers in your life? And the reality is we probably all have some barriers right now. And a lot of times the barriers that we're facing are often self-imposed. Because what this story says is that Jacob comes on the scene and he says, you know what we should be doing right now? We should be removing the lid of the well 
and we should be watering these three groups of sheep and goats. But what did the men say at that time? They begin to say that it is a custom that instead of doing what you're saying, Jacob, instead of doing and removing the lid, the custom of our day and our time is to actually keep the lid there and the barrier until another opportunity and I think we all kind of do that sometimes. God wants to do a breakthrough. God wants to do something new. God wants to do something powerful. But somewhere along the way, we have put our own barriers on and think that, you know what? God can't do that right now. It's only when I fast a little more. It's only when I read a little more. It's only in the future. It's only when I get more money or I get a new job opportunity or I meet another person. And oftentimes, we limit what God wants to do because we put our own barriers and we put our own lids on a God that wants to do something now. And I believe my wife and I and my family and I are here from Los Angeles not just to have you check a box that you went to church today, not to just hear a couple points from a sermon, not to just sing a couple songs, a slow, a fast song, a slow song, and then a slow song that goes fast. No, 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 no. Today you are here, I pray, to to have an encounter with a living God, and we're not talking about what God wants to do five years from now, two months from now, but is there anybody here this morning that says, yeah, I'm believing that God is going to do something in my life today. One more time, come on, is there anybody here that believes that God wants to do something today in your life? And so I, I love this text because it says that Jacob says, come on, let's move this right now. But other people have like a barrier in their thinking, a barrier in their mindset, oftentimes even customs. Well, this is how we've always done it. This is how it always has been. And instead of having a mentality for breakthrough now, we make excuses for why we're living the way we are and we just accept it. And what I like about this text is that most theologians believe and, uh, and, and concur that this, this, the reason why they said they had to wait for all the shepherds to come back is that these stones were massive. And that they would usually take 7 to 12 people to actually move it. But this is a story where God's supernatural power comes upon Jacob. And what normally would take 7 to 12 people to move it, uh, Jacob had the ability to have a miracle right then. He had the strength that was supernatural to move that lid. Often theologians will say that this is the same kind of strength that Samson had. That same supernatural strength that came upon Samson, come on, came upon Jacob. And what seemed impossible to man come on how many of you know God is a master of doing the impossible and I believe today you are not just here to just hear a couple notes you are not here just to say you went through church but I believe the supernatural power of God is here to empower you come on the power of God to come upon you the supernatural strength to do the impossible and whatever lid you're facing whatever barrier is in front of you come on 
We serve a God who can strengthen and empower us to see supernatural victory. I wonder if there's anybody here this morning that says, yep, that's what I need. I need some supernatural victory. Now, I love your coffees. Your coffees are so much better than American coffee. I love your flat whites. Come on, how many of you believe in heaven? They will be serving flat whites. Amen. Uh, but, but I need more than caffeine. I need more than an energy drink. I need more than vitamins. I need more than pressed juice. For me to be able to do what God's called me to do, I need his supernatural strength. And as I look around at some godly men and some godly women, come on, we don't just need a church service. We need to have an encounter with a living God. I didn't come here to check off the box. I didn't come here to hopefully end the service early so you can beat the Baptist to the restaurant. Come on, so you don't have to wait in queue. Come on. No, somebody is here that is desperate for the power and the strength of God. And come on, we don't have to wait. Come on, today can be our day. Come on, wave your hand to me if you say, yep, that's me. Today, I need supernatural strength. Would you lift those hands towards heaven? Come on, lift up those hands towards heaven. Say this with me. Say, Holy Spirit, by faith, right now. I declare and I receive your supernatural strength in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, somebody say amen. I, I like this passage of story because not only was it supernatural strength, but this supernatural strength is almost, in a sense, we, we see it released, and it says something interesting about Rachel. It says that she was a shepherdess. And I, I just, come on, ladies, you should say amen to that, right? Come on. That's, the, that's, a, that's a weird verse because we don't ever hear ladies being shepherds anywhere else in the Bible. It's always been a man's profession. But now we see it being a woman's profession. Come on. How many strong women are out there? Come on, say amen. And men, you should have said amen so that the strong woman thinks that you love her. Come on, say amen. Uh, 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 but... Uh, it, I'm not um, here to, to do a women's march or anything like that, but I do like that the power of God is released when unusual shepherds are mentioned. I like that because God, the Bible says, is no respecter of persons. New Testament talks about that it's neither a, a, a Greek or Jew, female or male. God has this incredible way of releasing power when people don't fit the ordinary box and actually are a little bit different. The Bible says that we're a peculiar people. Come on. We are a royal priesthood. We are a little bit different. And what I like about this story is this story is a story of supernatural power, and it's also a story that that supernatural power was released to somebody that didn't fit the mold of what everyone else was like. Isn't that just like our God? Isn't that just like our God to show up on our behalf, even if we're a little unusual, even if we're a little bit different, even if we feel like maybe we don't fit in, that's when God shows up the greatest and the strongest and says, come on, I'm going to do a miracle in your behalf. And so if you're feeling a, a little bit different, if you're feeling like an outsider, if you're feeling that you don't check every single box that is normal, can I encourage you to 
today, then you are ready for a breakthrough. You are ready for a miracle because that's the kind of God we serve. If I was you, I would be like, amen, Israel. Preach it, white boy. That is so good. Come on, he's a God that shows up to the unusual. It was always men. A lady shows up as a shepherd, and God shows up and says, you're not going to have to wait. Today is your miracle. Today is your breakthrough. Come on, faith. Today is our day. Point to your neighbor and say, he's preaching to you. Come on, on, say, you're unusual, and you know it. (laughs) I love this passage of scripture because I like it because the Bible says that one of the words that they said is that they were waiting for the right time and the right people before they were expecting a miracle. Before the lid could be removed, before the barrier, they said, well, it's got to be the right time and it's got to be with the right people. And oftentimes we miss out on God's supernatural power because what comes out of our mouth is that we need somebody else and it's gotta be a better circumstance before God can do something. And I think that so many times we limit what God wants to do because we're too busy thinking that God needs other people to help us get there and that there's always gonna be a better moment. Can I tell you, most of the time, and not to not be wise and not to not be prudent, but most of the time, there's never the right time to walk in faith. It's never gonna feel perfect. That's why it's called faith. (laughs) If it felt perfect, then it really wouldn't be faith. It would just be, that's what I'm going to do because there's no fear. But most of the time, when God asks us and he shows up in the greatest capacity in our life, usually it's a moment of faith where things actually on paper don't line up correctly. I never forget when Rachel and I moved from North Carolina to Los Angeles, we didn't know a soul. And in North Carolina, we have two campuses, we had multiple staff, we were growing, reaching hundreds and thousands of people, everything was going good, but we felt like God had spoke to us to go back to where I had been abandoned, to go back to Los Angeles and start from scratch, to start from uh, nothing, and we knew nobody. And on paper, it didn't make sense. On paper, it was like, this is about the dumbest thing that you could do. In fact, we had people in North Carolina say, why would you move to Los Angeles? There are no Christians in Los Angeles. And we were like, hello. (laughs) That's why we were going, (laughs) because we're sick of all you Christians. (laughs) Just kidding, just kidding. (laughs) But the reality is, we would still be in North Carolina if we were waiting for the perfect moment and the right time. If we had saved enough money, 
if we had the right amount of people that would go on the team with us, if we all that. And we could have waited. But you know what's so incredible now is our North Carolina campuses have multiplied and grown. We've moved to L.A. and grown and now two services making a difference and seeing people saved and planted into God's house. And on paper, it didn't line up. Come on. On paper, it didn't look like it was the right thing. And these people were waiting for the right moment to have the breakthrough. And I'm here to encourage you. Maybe that moment is today. Come on. Not when you get out of uni. Not when your kids get out of school. We have all these different things that we make excuses for. And we say, well, when this happens, then I'll do it. Have you ever heard the person that says, oh, I'll start tithing when I win the lottery? No, you won't. Right, because if you're not faithful in a little, you'll never be made ruler over much. And I just believe that there's some of you that have in your mind said, okay, God, I'll believe in that. I, I think it's going to happen, but I think it's going to happen when this, 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 this line up. And I believe I'm here on assignment to push you by faith to believe that God wants to do it now. You've had 21 days of fasting and praying. Come on, how many of you believe that now is the time? Come on, how many of you believe this is the moment? Don't make me sit back down there and shout a little bit more. Come on, how many of you believe this is the moment, this is the time? Amen? I, I, I like this passage of Scripture. I love this because it says that Jacob goes over to this lid and he pushes it with all the supernatural strength that God gives him. And the Bible says that there was a reason why he did this. It says that when he saw that it was Rachel and he was related. He saw that it was Laban's. He knew that he, who his mom was, who his dad was, he knew who he was, so he had the authority and the audacity to go over there and push that lid. You know, as Christians, as Christ followers, when we begin to know who our heavenly Father is, when we begin to know who God's called us to be, then we're going to walk and talk with new faith. Come on. We're going to walk and talk with greater believing that God can do the impossible. Come on. We begin to believe we're the head and not the tail. We begin to believe we're above and not beneath. Come on. We believe that we are blessed in the city. We're blessed in the field. We begin to believe I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on. We begin to believe the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. Come on. We begin to carry ourselves a little bit different. Everybody else is waiting, but as Christ followers, come on. We should be walking on this planet with a little bit more faith, with a little bit more pep in our step. Come on. There should be a little bit more with our head raised and our shoulders back because we know where our hope comes comes from, it comes from the Lord. And can't you see Jacob going over there knowing who he was and begin to believe in the impossible? 
Come on, we've got to begin to leave this service and begin to walk Monday uh, and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday with more faith because we know who our God is. And when we know who we are in Christ, we begin to believe when we go into the hospital. It's not her time yet. Come on, we believe for a miracle. Come on, we begin to believe for our teenagers to get radically saved and to serve God. Come on, we begin to believe that, yeah, we may have six campuses, but God wants us to even grow and have even a greater influence, not just only in Melbourne, but come on, there are other regions that need a place that's like faith. Come on, there are nations that need to hear about faith. Come on, there's places that need to be established. And when we know who we are in Christ, it changes everything. Amen? I'm closing my notes. Uh, that means that I'm almost done. Worship team is coming up. Those of you who know American preachers know that closing their notes actually doesn't mean anything. It means that I still have 30 minutes of rambling, right? Uh, but the worship team is coming up, and I want to close with this because I told you this story that I passed my Bible to Rachel. And the name said Jacob. And I, I, I wanted to let her know that I was a, a good theologian because I, I put uh, 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 Jacob's name got changed to Israel. You know, I, I told that story. I didn't want her to get engaged to some Jacob. I wanted her to get engaged to Israel, right? And it worked. Come on. Some of you are like, I need to find my name in the Bible. And who did I kiss? <laughs> I saw some of you like looking through the back in the concordance like, come on, yes, there's a chance. I'm single and I'm ready to mingle. And so uh, you're going for it. But um, I guess the part that I like about this story the most is I like that this story um, says that Jacob moved the lid of the well. And Jacob was a deceiver. Jacob was a liar. His name means deceiver, supplanter. Just the chapters before this story, we read about Jacob, and we read that he lied to his father Isaac and said that he was Esau to steal the blessing. What a weird story, too, because the Bible says that he got goat skin and put it on his chest and his arms, and Isaac feels the goat skin and goes, yep, that's Esau. Esau was a stinky, hairy guy, if that's what he got deceived by, right? Side note, sorry, just find that interesting. But uh, this story, Mark, is about Jacob moving the lid, not Israel moving the lid. And I, I think that's so interesting because as Christ followers, sometimes we're justified by Christ. But how many of you know we're still on a journey being sanctified by Christ? How many of you still got some areas that God is still changing and helping you in? Three of you. The rest of you are lying to the Holy Ghost. Come on. How many of you say that God's still working on you? Come on. How many of you say God's working on you? And if your neighbor didn't raise your hand, just move your eyebrows, move your head, and say God's still working on that person. Uh, and so... The reality is, how many of you know there's certain circumstances that you realize, man, God is still working on me. When I drive in LA in the traffic, all of a sudden I find out that this thing called the fruit of the spirit of patience, I don't have fully developed. I am laying on my horn saying, come on, right? We still have areas, we still have areas. And what the enemy does is he's the great accuser of the brethren. 
And what the enemy does, Jesus says, there's therefore now no condemnation of, to those that are in Christ Jesus. But what does the enemy do? The enemy tries to remind us that we're still Jacob. We haven't had our name changed yet to Israel. Israel means prince of God. Jacob means deceiver. But I underlined this in my Bible. And I got so excited that this was a story of God's supernatural power coming on Jacob, not on Israel. Which reminds me and tells me that wherever we're at on the journey this morning, God is not waiting for you to turn into Israel before he begins to release the miracle. He knows right where you're at. He knows where you've gone and where you're about to go. And he's not waiting for your perfection before he produces a miracle. He says, even while you're still a Jacob, I know that eventually you'll be in Israel. But before you get there, I am not holding back and saying, well, I'm not going to do a miracle until you become everything that I've called you to be. No, he begins to see that part of the process of becoming an Israel is even while you're a Jacob pouring out his power and his spirit saying, I want to see a breakthrough. I want to see a miracle. I want to see a healing. And I believe today, come on, would you stand? with me right where you're at. Come on, I believe that God wants to supernaturally strengthen you and supernaturally strengthen me. And we may not have arrived, but come on, God wants to do the impossible. Is there anybody that would wave to me today that says, yep, I'm believing today for the impossible. I'm not waiting. I'm believing for miracles in the name of Jesus. Would you do something with me? Would you lift up those hands towards heaven? Would you lift up those hands towards heaven? Would you say this after me? Say, Holy Spirit, I can't do it on my own. I need an encounter with you. Oh, Jesus, would you empower me? Would you help me? I'm believing lids to be removed, barriers to be removed. I'm believing for a breakthrough. In Jesus' name, come on, if you believe it, would you give Jesus a big shout of praise this morning? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.